0: Hello and welcome to Head Above the Clouds podcast and for what it seems like forever ago we are pleased to say we are back following the launch of our pilot series with even more conversations around mental health, well-being, guest experiences and endeavours and boy does it feel good. For those of you who are new to our podcast a big hello from the HATC team. Here at HATC we continue to create spaces where people can find a moment's escapism or even a bit of respite. So take a moment, settle in, and welcome to the community and world that is ahead of Off the class. Hello, and welcome back for another episode of HATC Podcast. This week I am joined by the one and only Maria Schonfeld, musician, originating employee of Headspace and all-well-rounded individual. We sit down and have an incredibly open conversation about the pressures that arise alongside mental health, finding your voice and really taking time to focus on the things that matter, big or small. So come along for the ride and enjoy the podcast and welcome to the community that is head of the clouds. Thank you so much for, for joining me to talk a little bit about your your experiences, both mental health and latest uh, kind of late, latest endeavors. Um, I'm, your backstory is really interesting, one actually. Um, it spoke a lot to me in terms of um I my myself I've got a lot of health conditions. Um, some are mental health, uh, like bipolar, and and some are physical health. Um, and reading your backstory, especially about ME hmm. and the diagnosis and feeling very left on your own with a pamphlet. Um, it really resonated with me. Um, I found the same thing happened when I got dis- uh, my seizures started, my dissociative seizures. And you're kind of just wheeled in, given a pamphlet or a tiny sentence and then that's it for a while. Um, at least it was for me. Tell me a little bit about kind of your backstory and kind growing up and and where it led to where you are today
1: yeah so I um my parents are from Holland and my dad worked for like a multinational company that moved us around every few years so I grew up going to international schools all around Europe and some in South America uh which was quite like a uprooted existence um but I I think it also had some really beautiful parts to it, like just seeing the world and being at really small schools where like creativity was really nurtured. Um, we mm. just kind of took it for granted that like we could do like theater and music, and there there was just something about it. Like I was talking to my brothers about it the other day that we've never doubted our creative abilities. And I know that's so unique because so many people had that like one art teacher who told them their drawing was bad, and it's like echoed into you know their adulthood. But yeah, so so we had I had a very kind of creative childhood, and then I went to Edinburgh University um, up in Scotland. Um, oh, and before that, I, I went to to Ghana in uh, West Africa for my gap year, um, which was. Uh, <laughs> A really transformational experience for me, actually, like uh, it was felt like a very intentional trip. And I really found that I really gelled with the, the speed of life there, which I didn't realize until I kind of came back that like just that very slow... That a lot of people find very frustrating about about going to Africa sometimes, um, well, certain parts of Africa. I, don't, I can't speak for everything, but um, certainly there, I, I just really like the the laid back vibe. Um, and then yeah, and then I went to study history in Edinburgh, and then I went to um, did a masters at SOAS in London,
0: which is oh. the school.
1: For, yeah, in it was kind of like a, I don't want to like step into the scary big wide world so I think I'll do a masters. Um which and it was it was really amazing. Um but I to be honest, I was still very much in like a partying really hard phase of my yeah. life. at university we we definitely hit it hard. Um and then interestingly enough the week after I graduated from SOAS I, I got fatigued. So like yeah. I just remember being this is so gross, but being in an alley with a friend. Can we talk about drugs? We talk about okay. drugs. Okay, yeah. So um and I was like, I'm fe- I've been feeling really tired for like a few weeks. And she was like, just do some more coke. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but uh so that but that was so, cl- so it's like so clear in my mind. It's like a moment where I was like there's just something wrong. Like I I I don't understand how I can be so exhausted all the time and I should be at this really exciting point in my life where I'm exploring, you know, internships and jobs. And I just, it was like, and I don't know if you've experienced this and I'm sure you have, but it's like this extreme fatigue, but also this extreme like anxiety. So it's like a Mm -hmm. wired but tired feeling and Looking back at it now, I see that there's such a mind-body connection to it, you know, like I think I was just very overwhelmed um with the graduating from uni thing. Like it's so I don't know, it just the, the I remember standing also on a bridge in London and just being like, There's just so many people <laughs> and it's so busy yeah. and there's just so much that I have to do and I don't know what to do, and I don't know who I am and I don't know what I want. And, you know, and so it was just, yeah. And then, so I got really fatigued, but I really, um, and then, yeah. And so about like six weeks in, I went to see my GP and he was like, well, if it goes on for another six months, you probably got chronic fatigue syndrome. And here's like a pamphlet. And it was like, yeah, Um. and it was... It's it's so interesting because for the for the doctor it must be like oh yeah just wait for another six months but for the patient Mm -hmm. it's like six months (laughs) like I'm supposed to sit with this for another six months before I get like a diagnosis that some you know and and so I really kind of I was very quick to take the matters into my own hands to be honest like I sought out a organization called the Optimum Health Clinic that specializes in chronic fatigue and I did like a course there. Um, but it, I don't know, for me, looking back at it now, chronic illness and even mental illness in, in some cases, or maybe just in my experience, I don't know, I don't want to speak for other people, but, um, it's, it's, a, it was a call to start living differently, actually. Yeah. And what, I, no, yeah. I, Go ahead.
0: I yeah, no, I, I, yeah, no, I completely understand that. And it's interesting because you, I think first of all, touching upon, your experiences with graduating university. I don't, I don't think you're alone in that. I mean, for me, it wasn't a joyful time. Like I thought it would, partly because I went through something around that time, but um, it was the total opposite of what I, I thought it was going to be exciting, that I'd be living my best life and all these things would fall into place. And the reality of, reality of it was actually that my life was a complete shit show. Mm. Um, it might not have looked at it on the outside, but on the inside, it it was the complete opposite of what I thought. And it's it's such a dominating time. Mm. So I'm not surprised that, I think, you know, once again, I can't speak for others as such, but from hearing your thoughts that, I think so many people have these expectations of what graduating, finishing uni, stepping in your first step into kind of the, the big wide world is going to be. And it, I don't know, it doesn't really turn out that way. Mm. I don't know if we're just missold an idea of it is supposed to be like that, but half of us just don't get that. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. Yeah,
1: I think it, it it also has to do with like, the way we're built as as people, and some people just really suit society, you know? Like some people, I have yeah. some friends who got out of university and they got a job and they just love the, the kind of stability of it and going to work every day. And, and then I have, like, another group of friends who, like, all fell apart completely. And I think mm. there's something about leaving the safety of an institution like uni. Because even though you have a lot of work on potentially, you can still uh, create a life for yourself where, like, I took all my courses based on them starting at 11 rather than 9. And, like, do you know what I mean? Like, that kind of thing. Where, yeah. So, so you can kind of craft your life. and then But then when you step into the world of work... I don't even know if it's, you know, it's not like, hey, I just finished uni and I'm going to start freelancing. Like, that's just not usually what comes up. Usually it's like I need to get a job and I need to and and it just feels like this step into this boxed life. And I think that's when different personality types just it just kind of comes. um, Yeah, it just kind of uh, reveals itself.
0: Yeah, it was like a crisis almost, I felt. Uh, like a midlife crisis just at the age of 20, 22, Yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. And I think, you know, what you're saying, it sounds like, I think especially, relate, it's also related not only to situations like that, but when you have long-term health conditions, mm. um, this idea of grief. I don't know if you have found that where you've had to grieve a life that you thought you were going to live. Oh. Yeah, and it didn't turn out to be that way and for some people you've already lived you've been living life a certain way that you want to and then you have to learn to change those behaviours and change your real you know kind of the expectations almost and I can imagine not only do people go through that when they get new jobs or maybe they come out of uni and their life kind of falls apart but I can imagine you experienced that with when you started to kind of become ill with
1: ME Absolutely And I think, interestingly enough, the people who get chronic illness are very often like either people who really uh, like helping people or they like achieving things. Like it's a very. And so. For me, yeah, it was it was I'd always, you know, really wanted to have a career, blah, blah, blah. I was I was really driven and quite ambitious. And so. And I really held on so tenaciously for so many years pretending that I was okay. Like from 24 when I got ill to 30, I was kind of ignoring my symptoms. Yeah. And until I just burned out so hard that I couldn't anymore. You know, I mean? but but, but I, so I do think it's like, yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think it can take a really, really long time to come to terms with that. And I think that's okay. And I, you know, and I think within the support communities for like, there is so much more space for that grief now, um, which is really nice to see. Yeah.
0: No, I think so as well. And I, it's, I think it's important as well. I I mean, I'm total same. Like I, I like to be an overachiever. I'm very driven. And when it hits you, it hits, hits you like a ton of bricks. And I think at the time, especially society and, and its expectation and views, you feel... I don't know. I think failure might be the wrong word for it, but there's definitely an element of that and that you're not living a... Oh,
1: absolutely. It's what your
0: friends are living. Do you know what I mean? You're looking at everyone out there and that's not what your life is or currently, whether it's going to be like that forever or currently or whatever it might be. But I like what you said about fighting it. And if I've learned anything about fighting it over the years is when you fight it, it it doesn't help the situation. Almost half the time makes it worse. Have you found... I don't know, have you found a better pace with it? Maybe not fully accepting of where you're at, but have you found more of a comfortable position now where you know your limits and you know, I don't know, roots around them or how to work with it?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think it took I, it took me from kind of 24 to 30 to get come out of denial. And then from 30 to where I am now to just open my mind to what it could be here to teach me. And for me, that has been to really step into this more like relaxed, kind way of living. Um, and it certainly took a while, but yeah, I don't really consider myself as an ill person anymore. Not because I don't still have symptoms, just because they don't um really uh, dominate my daily thoughts anymore um so the yeah and I, I and i think that's another thing that is so interesting i'd love to hear your thoughts on that too but just like mm-hmm. when is it helpful to have diagnosis and when is it helpful to let that go a little bit and i think it comes that comes to everyone at different points but um yeah so I'm like, i'd love to hear what what your experience is with
0: uh, that do you know what I don't think I've come to a full conclusion with it yet I think it's about a balance yeah I mean I don't know I'm I'm 27 and most of the time I'm still in that phase of very frustrated with the health situation but then there's another part of me that is you know my mom's always like you've got a long-term health condition this is life and we find ways to adapt and we still achieve what we want to achieve just in a different way mm. um and for me, diagnosis. So I've when I got diagnosed with bipolar, I was 18 years old, and I remember the symptoms of what, probably going back to 12, 13. Um, so it was a really long time of of very, very low depressive episodes with you know suicidal attempts. Um, and then there was a many, many years of being manic, like totally off my game, just running around the world causing havoc to myself mostly um so when I got diagnosed with that it was interesting because for so many years I knew something wasn't right and I felt finally oh my god something is wrong but there's nothing wrong with me in a sense of like abnormal I don't know others might think bipolar is abnormal but for me it was kind of a relief but then the pigeonholing that came with it as soon as you get diagnosed with mental health or experience that you're kind of, you move from this really desperate place to, well, this is what you've got. This is the stigma and this is what's gonna knock you flat. Yeah. So that was difficult, but I guess actually the other thing with my seizures is when they started happening out of nowhere, I was terrified for months. I thought like, this is it. i probably have epilepsy and I know people live with that but when you're first adapting your life to that, then it's a very different situation and For a good five months, I was just in and out of hospital every seizure. And I was having sometimes four a day. Mm. And they didn't know what was going on at first. One guy did think it was, uh, he called it pseudo pseudo seizures, but you shouldn't call them that anymore. It's apparently a derogatory term. So they're called dissociative seizures. But when I finally got diagnosed by um, my neurologist, it was one of the most best... Moments of my life in relief, mm, yeah. Um, because my I'm one of these people. I'm a fixer. If I know the problem, I can fix the situation, or or learn to adapt, or learn to put things in place. Mm. And when I don't know, that's when I really struggle to cope. I don't know if you found the same with with Emmy, ME because Emmy's also really hard to diagnose. It's not just a, oh, well, we've got a, we've got an X-ray here and it's broken. It's a uh, kind of getting your ducks in a row, being taken seriously. And then, as you say, like, go, well, see, how are you doing six months? And yeah, how has that been? Yeah. In terms for you? I'm
1: oh, sorry, my cat just. <laughs> it's just <so> <laughs> <I know. laughs> well, it's interesting because I'm, I mean, yeah, I really recognize and I think that's actually really um, like common in our culture as well, that, that we we don't exist very well in a space of unknowing like we just want to know and we want to fix and we want to earn like i so I, I really recognize that i think for me the doctor was like you have chronic fatigue and then i i was like it it can't be just this like you know weird non illness." also chronic fatigue syndrome sounds so it's like the worst name for an illness it's so like <laughs> you're just chronically fatigued it's very um you're just tired. yeah you're just tired you should yeah. just nap more like everyone's tired yeah, I mean, you know go to bed early yeah and I yeah. That used to be really frustrating too <laughs> so, like oh but um I think I, I got the chronic fatigue and then I went quite hard into the alternative medicine sphere quite quickly because I went to a mm. few doctors about the ME some just allopathic doctors and they were like there's nothing we can do. Here's a uh, a you know pamphlet on pacing, which is what they used in the. It's like a type of, um, uh like managing your energy type stuff, which which has been proven to I don't think work very well. Um, but that's all they kind of had, and they had CBT. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, which yeah. is such a like. We have CBT. Do some CBT. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was EBT. Yeah, you know me. Um, and so I was like, all right, well, okay, I'm gonna go. You know, I'm gonna go to the to the naturopathic sphere, and that's a cluster fuck too. Sometimes, like, oh yeah, you know, it's it's just everyone has an opinion. Everyone apparently has the cure. So like, I just went on like a rampage of just like doing the weirdest shit for like three or four years you know like and just like like my lowest point I think was like and this is kind of maybe TMI but like I remember I had kind of like my my butthole was inflamed and like Mm. but I was like so desperate to, to to have someone fucking do something about this fatigue that I would go and like even though my butthole was inflamed I'd go get these colonics and they would hurt mm. and I would just sit there like crying because it hurts so much but I was so panicked that I would just go through all of these really really like painful things that I pushed myself into you know like eating not eating any sugar dairy gluten Mm. for x amount of years you know for and yeah and so that so so that didn't really help me either actually um the naturopathic thing and and it does help a lot of people i'm not you know slamming either sides because some people have but it's but it's a very personal journey especially something with something as kind of cloudy as as chronic fatigue you know
0: no, I think you're right. And it's interesting because I think when you are desperate to kind of have any kind of improvement, it's not even about cure. For me it wasn't even about curing it. It was just like desperately to make something. Well, at one point it was about kind of curing the problem, but most of the time it's just making some some slight improvement. And it's amazing what you put your body through. And I agree with you. I don't I think it's a it is a personal thing. I've met so for me CBT is works really nicely for me or it has done in the past Mm, um not out of all the therapies i've tried but it's not a bad option for me have friends it's done nothing for and who have really applied themselves um i became hugely obsessed with um gut health Mm. um yeah (laughs) and i'll be fair kefir has dramatically improved a lot of my things because for me it's not just one you know similar it's not just one the bipolar or this i've got so many other health conditions um and unfortunately it all kind of intertwine because you get put on a new medication for that but then that affects that and this you know it all kind of rubs off on each other but i found kefir for me was oh my god it was it's i have it a few times a week and it's makes everything a lot easier. Wow. But you you go down these holes Absolutely. um especially on Google. I don't know if you found that. I mean my friends and family banned me from like web doctor and things Same. like that now because yeah. it got obsessive <laughs> to the point. I was like every new day it was like oh I think this is part of it and you start to lose
1: oh my god your grip on reality a bit. And also like I call it like the greek chorus of doom because like it always ends up that you've got something that. like really really bad Or you go, like, I got obsessed about, like, reading um, reviews of certain things. Like, going on Reddit. Yeah. Going to, like, pages of certain medications. Like, because there was a period where the fatigue was the main issue. But then, because of the fatigue, I got really, really fucking depressed. Like, suicidally depressed. Mm. And just kind of at the point where, because I'm 38 now. So, at the point where all of my friends were really like getting married and having kids i tried to like not care and just kind of shield myself from the world but at a certain point i just hit rock bottom and i just freaked out and like couldn't cope anymore and so that's that then i got to the period where i was just like obsessively um looking at different medications and cures and Mm -hmm. ketamine infusions and all the stuff and I, I, i i tried some of them and you know I I would say that on my journey which is I'm kind of grateful for now but like nothing nothing has helped. And I know that yeah. sounds really depressing especially for people who are just starting on their on their journey maybe with with a chronic illness but but for me it was I ha- like I had to turn to something kind of more Yeah, bigger. Yeah, or to 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 come to terms with what was going on and like, um, that was yeah. But that's sorry, go. Ahead.
0: That's for it. No, I was just say, but that I think that's, I think in this community of long term illness, that's really normal. Mm-hmm. I think you get to a point, and and I think not that I'm minimizing what you went through with with your depression, but I get it. You get to a point where you you can't do it anymore yeah. and the, there doesn't seem to be you know especially when you're kind of you know in your 20s going through this your 20s 30s that's still that's very young technically still Yeah. and when you you see one thing after another you just think well fucking out. what's it going to be like when I'm 50 or this or that and there's there's no leads there's no making this better at the time and you you just hit a wall and I think I I mean I, I always hope people get through it. I know some people don't, but when you come out the other side you have to find something. Because if you haven't found anything in everything else then there's going to be something um whether it be a higher power or whatever it be. I mean I'm not particularly religious but um I'm I guess more spiritual. Yeah. <laughs> As everyone always yeah, says, yeah, I'm I'm yeah. spiritual. Know, worst word. But you've got to find you've got to find a higher power in a sense and I think at that point then you just have to adapt yeah. in whatever way you can I'm not saying it's not depressing when six months of the year I'm in hospital every day doing this test or that test or this appointment and that it's friggin' exhausting yeah. Yeah. but you, you got to find something
1: yeah exactly and I think luckily for me I was quite quick onto the the spiritual spiritual path yeah like I and and I use you mentioned headspace in in some of your notes before our our recording but like um that was really how I ended up working there because I was there during my 20s and how was that
0: because it's it's been a you know headspace is is I mean I used headspace I hadn't used it at all and then when I started suffering really bad with the seizures and uh the panic attacks got way out of control that's when I started using it and it was i don't know probably about 10 i don't know how old am i 27 so like seven years ago um maybe less and the company's become this like i don't know it's pinpoint for people this home where they can go and be who they are but find the right support i know it doesn't work for everyone and everything's different and dependent on who you are but how was it kind of at that time going into a job which was so focused on being okay with a situation and finding that peace with it. Was that helpful or was there an added pressure with it?
1: Yeah. I mean, I was there as the, as the founding employee. So it was just the three of us for about mm. a year and a bit. And we weren't originally an app. We were going to do like events, meditation events. And yeah. I was already really physically unwell at this point, but I, I kind of just became a workaholic if I'm honest. Yeah. And started kind of deriving all of my self-worth from work because it was something that I could do that everyone was still doing because I couldn't really go out anymore. Yeah. So, um the the experience was amazing, like this, because I was like in the in the best way possible. I was like the dog's body in the sense that like I was pointed at all of these different things that are not my skill set at all. Like building the wireframe for an app and like all these amazing things or like you know you give me a spreadsheet and like my eyes start bleeding so it's not like i'm not like i'm just not that's just not my 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 vibe personally um and i have great respect for people who who like a good spreadsheet um i love a good spreadsheet but uh, do you <laughs> I do. Oh, see
0: i re- i like control so <laughs> for me a
1: spreadsheet's perfect. amazing see we'd make a good team um but uh It was, yeah, so it was, it was, it was actually just a very startup-y place to be. Yeah. Where the management was, in there was inexperienced management. And, and personally, I was so caught up in my own shit, like, and Mm. and I was very, very approval seeking, like, yeah, like that workaholism, you know, kind of. Mm. deriving all of my needs from this job and um so the experience yeah so it it, eventually I burned out really really hard from which is kind Mm. of ironic I guess (laughs) considering it's a meditation app but yeah
0: but it's different I guess from you using it and being in it and and if it's any comfort you know head above clouds is still very much a startup and it is I love it with all my heart but it is exhausting, yeah. it is stressful, the pressure is immense, yeah. both financially and kind of personally on me. Um, it's like a pressure cooker at times and I've burned out multiple times, not that I've kind of done anything about it. <clears throat> it's only recently I've started to become a bit better with managing my time and yeah. not working a 14 hour day. And, you know, And I think you tell yourself you have to do what you have to do to get it to where it needs to be. And that's true in some sense, but there's no point. Yeah, I, I, so there's no point in it. I, I just, I don't think that it's too ironic. I think especially in a startup, it's only ironic because it's a mental health app.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And like, yeah, and I think it was interesting because um, I recently got in touch with a company here who do like psychedelic therapy. Um Oh, um, okay. I, yeah. I've never heard a lot about this. Yeah, I've never done psychedelics. I've only done you psychedelics once and it was not good. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it sounded really, you know, he was like, ah, oh, and like your experience at Headspace and it's a hustle. And I was like, literally can't think of anything worse. <laughs> Do you know? like, Because yeah. it was just yeah. where I am in my life now. Like, I just can't imagine... And I you know, I have great respect. And I think also it's 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 like when you're in your twenties, there's something about the excitement of it that mm. um that feels good. But yeah, like I really and I do think that there's different ways of working, actually. Like I think the oh, hustle yeah. culture is, is kind of on the on the way down in a way.
0: It's about working smart. Yeah. I would definitely agree with that. Not that I do that necessarily all the time, but um, so it's how long do you want to live like that? And how long can I love you? For, yeah. It, well, exactly. Yeah. For me, I love the pace. Maybe it's just because I live in London. Um, I'm very quick. And I don't know if that has anything to do with the bipolar, the fact that I'm constantly, my brain is constantly on something. Yeah. So for me, it kind of works. But it's, it's as you say, it's not do I want to do this. It's how long can I actually do this for before my health and my me myself is the one that pays the price.
1: And I think it's the why is really important. Like why am I doing this? And for a long time for me, I was doing it to to appear as something versus actually wanting to. And it, you know, like mm-hmm. and I think that like I even though the, 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 the message and the, the goal of Headspace was amazing and they did amazing things, it wasn't my goal. Like I was still yeah. working for someone else's goal and personally for me, that doesn't really work. Like I, I, I need to be, have a lot of investment in what I'm doing on a very, very personal level. And uh, yeah, and so that, that I think is a, if the why is there, and it feels true to your heart then i think it also doesn't feel as stressful in a way yeah yeah
0: yeah but you seem to have found obviously you've been working on your own music and you found kind of what works for you and what you enjoy and hopefully a space that works for you around whatever needs you have with your health I would hope, yeah, uh, but it's, I'm not, but saying that I know as a musician, it's, it's, it's brutal. It's also a brutal industry. Um, that's really difficult, but I mean, what's your hopes with it? Is it, you, I, I mean, I hope, I know you're in it just because you enjoy it and you found like a real kind of homely space with it, with everything that's gone on and is going on for you. Is that where the be all and end all is, or is there more of a drive that you want to, achieve something with that? Where does it begin and kind of end for you in a way?
1: Well, luckily I have another source of income, so I don't rely on it for my Mm. finances. So that is really lucky because I can do it in a way that feels very loving towards myself. And it was so interesting because I wrote some of the songs about six years ago when I was spending all of this time at home with myself, kind of lying on the floor. For about two years, I like lay on the floor telling myself I loved myself, like, and that's no joke. Like. Did it help? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Yeah. it definitely, well, it definitely changed, changed the way that I saw life very profoundly. It was also a little bit weird. (laughs)
0: oh i'm all for it yeah. anything weird sign me yeah. up literally i i will try yeah. anything that i mean to a certain level i kind of joined the line at psychedelics for me because i have bipolar and that's i've got a history of drugs as well but the, there's a line where you don't want to cross um <laughs> i don't i don't need any help with that side of it and uh you know psychosis or whatever which i know you've experienced yeah. um but yeah anything weird as long as it's within you know most of the things I'll do I like sign me up
1: Mm, yeah yeah I mean the lying on the floor part was very intuitive it was like there was something in me that was like I just need to keep the noise out for a while and just like come back to this being inside of me who's screaming through my physical body and just like soothe and soothe and soothe it's like it's like there's a child who just needed love And, and I just kind of lathered her with that for a long time to an extreme. (laughs) I tend to do things in extremes and that's when I went a little bit, um, off the rails with, with the psychosis and stuff. But Mm -hmm. I do, I, you know, at this point in my life, I don't really regret anything because it's brought me to where I am now. And I'm really, you know, I, yeah, like life is pretty cool.
0: It's a good outlook to have, and it's nice to hear you've kind of reached that point. And I'm, I'm guessing that the self worth part of it, I think you lose a lot of that your self worth with illness as well. I think because, and mainly because of societal boundaries, you know, you because you can't keep up with what you're supposed to do, bearing in mind that we were cavemen, well, whatever you believe, but we, you know, we were cavemen and we didn't have, you know. 103 story buildings focused on finance and graphs or you know fashion outlets or whatever um, but when you can't keep up with life there's definitely that grieving again but that disappointment you know and you said earlier about not going out I you know I had that with the seizures when I just couldn't go out but and I, I think I could go out but I was partially terrified if I did go out that one would happen and all this fuss would happen or I'd end up in a hospital so I just stopped doing yeah. it. And I think you lose a lot of self worth and love for yourself. So absolutely, I yeah. I hope that lying on the floor—I don't know—maybe it's something I should try. Maybe I should lie on the floor a bit more often and and speak
1: nicely to myself.
0: It sounds silly, but I don't think it is. I think there's probably a lot to
1: that. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. I think I also think there's a movement into like the feminine and the mothering, and I don't know. So I I think yeah, there's a wisdom to it for sure. Um, but that, so that was kind of where I started writing the songs. They kind of started mm. to pour out of me in a way. And I knew I, in that I knew, I know myself well, and I know that I've always been like, I you know, I don't know. I just kind of grew up very uniquely with a lot of TV. Um, and, uh. I've always, I just have a very kind of personality that likes to be in the center of attention, um, for for better or for worse, and um, so I've always had this thing, which isn't true, but this idea that like I wanted to be famous and I wanted to be successful, and and it's very childish, you know, but but it's but it's part of me, and I and I love that part of myself too, but like, so I knew that if I ever was gonna bring the songs out. I was going to have to really be confronted with the kind of fame hunger and like wanting Mm to, uh, wanting everyone to love me and like wanting to do really well and all that kind of stuff. So I'm actually really glad that I didn't bring any music out when I was in my twenties because I would have been completely bamboozled by that. So, but yeah, so, so, but when I started recording it, I did, I lost touch a little bit with the creative process, I have to say, Mm. because it was driven a little bit by this, like, I, Ooh, maybe, Ooh, maybe I could be really successful. And, you know, and, um, so I was a little bit scared of that, but luckily that didn't really last because all the work that I'd done on myself was kind of like, yeah, but you know that being famous isn't going to make you (laughs) happy. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and so now I don't know, like I think, I'm. I'm. I. enjoyed. By the end, I really enjoyed the recording process, and, and I'm. I think, the the songs are are kind of. As much about my story as they are about the music, which you know is common for for all musicians, I guess. But like. I hope that they just soothe, people, like they soothed me, because making the album kind of saved my life in a way too actually yeah
0: i think that's a lovely hope to have alongside and i'm sure it will i think it's amazing how many people kind of resonate with stories that even if they're not fully matching Mm. there's those moments where they just kind of pinpoint or stand out especially in music You listen and someone's, there'll be one kind of lyrical line that is said and whether it's in the same context or not, it speaks to you. Absolutely. Um, And I'm sure people will find that in there. And I think it's so lovely that you've found this really positive, you know, I I don't expect things to be good every day. Um, I think you have good days, bad days or whatever it might mean, but to find a space that speaks to you so much and has helped with that as you said said before that self-discovery
1: yeah is
0: so wonderful
1: and i think i think as well it's important to 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 emphasize that like i didn't i didn't find a i i found myself where i am now by embracing the shittiness like that Mm. for me is is the key to everything that like in our society we're taught to run 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 towards happiness and if you're depressed or if you're ill you know it's like it's just this oh we don't want to talk about that or we don't want to go there because people don't want to be reminded that our life is impermanent and that Mm -hmm. you know death exists and suffering exists and all these things and I think when you're ill or when you have mental health issues you're just forced to look at that stuff and you can either become bitter which I've done I've tried, uh, but you know that kind of sucks. Or yeah, it's not much yeah, fun. right. Or, or and you yeah. know, or
0: it's kind of shit. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh God, yeah. Or or you can um dive in, like dive in, like I want to know myself. I want to know, like, because and I and I knew this quite early on, as well, is that like my outside circumstances do not dictate the level of contentness that I can find in my life
0: oh that's so wonderful honestly that's that I think speaks even to me in finding that I don't know I was not like the grass is greener but that contentness as something I'm definitely still searching for I mean my mum always says to me she constantly says oh when whatever the new thing I'm on or doing or whatever she's always like well when will there ever be enough is like the phrase I often hear from my mother yeah and yeah and it wasn't until a couple of years ago I genuinely listened I was like oh shit that's a really good question I don't know when it will be enough
1: yeah and yeah I think the human mind that's its default it's never mm. enough until we actually learn to kind of embrace that part of ourselves too like oh sweetheart yeah. it's never gonna be enough and that's okay like you
0: yeah know? exactly exactly and I love that you you're all for diving in I think that's the best I don't know my outlook's kind of like you just yeah you dive in give it your best shot yeah. give it a go and, and see what comes out of it I mean can, you, if you don't do it is it any worse than not doing it kind of thing if it's going to, if you're going to do something that makes you worse off, then you probably shouldn't do it. But if you have a situation where you don't necessarily know the outcome and it's not one that's, you know, you're putting yourself in danger. If anyone listens to this, and I'm not encouraging danger, just to clarify. But, you know, Absolutely. sometimes you, you just got to ride ride with it, ride the way. Absolutely. Wave. And
1: I think that's a, that's a great point that you make. And also to bring in finding the right support. Like, I try to do this on my own and i ended up in a psych ward and because i i was just i was it was like the trauma of people telling me they couldn't help me was so painful that i was like you know what fuck it i'm just gonna, I'm doing it on my own and i know what's right for me and i'm going to take it to the extreme and no one can fucking tell me what to do and mm. you know i learned my lessons the hard way i guess but like so i think yeah as as you said like it's about, you know, I th- I think for me that the guiding thing is like, if it feels loving, then it's right. Mm. If it feels in any way self-punishing or I need to change because I'm not good enough and I'm, just, you know, this kind of like aggressive energy that we tend to have towards ourselves, mm. then I just don't go there anymore. Oh
0: my God. I, think f- I think you found, kind of nailed the, found, you know, found something... Quite on point with that. I think you found something there. I'm not going to lie. I think that's a really good approach to have. I'm probably going to absolutely take (laughs) and add in. And I think I think that's a really really positive outlook to have because you can't control so many things. But if you can control your mindset and the thinking, you know, as I say, people have good days, bad days. It's not always going to be like that. But on the whole, you have a mindset where you're like is this going to better me loving wise or am I going to punish or am I doing something that's unkind, punishing all that? And and if it is those things and probably if you can avoid them. Well,
1: exactly. That's a
0: wonderful thing to
1: avoid. And also like if I'm super healthy physically, but I'm doing something every day that makes me fucking miserable, then what's the point of feeling really well in my body? Like I would rather be a little bit tired and just loved, like loved up with myself and just like looking in the mirror being like, you the boss, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like that, and, and it took me a really long time to, 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 to get there, but um, yeah, I, I just think it's so, like the underlying thought and belief that I had about myself for such a long time was there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with my body. There's something wrong with my mind. I'm not good enough, I'm falling behind. I'm not successful enough. I don't have children, I don't have a husband. like I don't you know like all of this this stuff stuff love and it was kind of like at a certain point what what if there is nothing wrong with me like and that's not to diminish the fact that there's there's symptoms and you know physically mm-hmm. there can be something out of balance like I'm not saying that that but but like, what if, like, and that for me, that was a huge changing turning point for me. Like, what if this depression, what if this anxiety, what if these symptoms are like, what if there's, what if it doesn't mean anything about me? What if it, what if I can still love myself through it? And, 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 you know, the, <sighs> loving my depression, loving my anxiety, loving my fatigue was the thing that changed everything.
0: I think it's incredibly incredibly inspiring if I'm honest with you because I don't think that's an easy out a quick or easy outcome to come to um and I know there's a lot of self kind of exploring and serious but seriously doing that I'm not talking about sitting on the couch and just having two minutes to yourself going okay well maybe I'll think about this that that takes a long time especially when you're in the depths of hell half of it to find that and I think that's incredibly inspiring
1: Oh, that's well I think the gift if there is a gift to illness and to mental illness is that sometimes nothing works and you get to a point where you're pushed into a corner and you're like I just have to learn how to love things as they are because nothing's going to change and it's fucking terrifying but there's mm-hmm. also something about the psyche that is wise that just at a certain point can drop everything and be like you know what and I, you know, and the thing is, it's so funny. I was talking to a friend about it yesterday. is like, I still get fucking depressed all the time. I just don't mind. But that's
0: so. Okay. Yeah, I don't. And that's it. That's right? It. Like, I
1: don't mind if I'm sad. That's okay. I don't mind if I'm, and I, and I lay down on the sofa and I feel into these feelings and I take them into my arms and I'm like, sweetheart, like, you can be here for the rest of your, my mm-hmm. life. Like, I love you. And then, <coughs> and then they slowly dissipate and they kind of like melt into that love, mm-hmm. you know? Or not. And that's cool too. And then I have a sandwich. No. like,
0: like. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But yeah, no, I'm all for feeling it. I think when you're, yeah. I don't know whether it's just because I have tapped out so many times where I'm just like, I'm out, I'm tapping out of this live or whatever it might yeah. be. But you definitely have to, you have moments where you just got to be in it and feel yeah. it. And I, I like to try nowadays. And I'm often reminded to be like this through people I love, whether it's my mom or, whether it's like I had my COVID jab the other day at my booster and the stranger was holding my hand because I've had serious allergic reactions and I was shaking my pants. And even though I've had it before, you know, I was. but she was like holding my hand and she was just like, just cry, let it out, just be in it. And I don't think we do that often mm. enough. So I think you're right. So like when you have those moments, if you can, and I know often, some of the time it's a luxury, but just fucking... Just go ride with it. Just ride with it, and I think you, I think you're on the money there. I really do.
1: Yeah, I wish there was money in that. That'd be great. Oh I'd god, be, a it be nice. <laughs> It'd make the situation
0: so much better, wouldn't it? <laughs> I feel like so many more people would ride it out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh well, thank you so much for, for speaking with me. It's it's been actually really helpful, even for me. I'm gonna go lie on the floor in a minute and just just self love. Oh, um, bathe, bathe. But thank you. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Um, It was really
1: lovely and inspiring. And it's just so nice to connect to women who are like wanting to make it like change the narrative.
0: Well, as soon as I read, like your agent approached me and I was like, I've got to speak to her. Like I said to who I, Ellie, who I live with, I was like, she's experienced, whether it's different illnesses or whatever it is, I know she's gone through similar stuff and the perseverance and the trying to fucking find out what's wrong with you and and figuring it, you know, I think people often feel it's just the, you get the diagnosis and the problem solved when really you've still got the problem of you mm. and all those emotions to go through yeah. yet. And that takes probably even longer than getting half the time, getting the friggin' diagnosis. Absolutely. And that takes- really fucking long time so um but yeah thank you so much for sharing with me and being so so really brutally
1: honest yeah i'm excited about hearing about my butthole (laughs) (laughs) that'll be great